Welcome to 3 by Web 3 with Stuart Chan and myself, Paul Phillips. 3 by Web 3 is about giving marketers today um, information about three ways to play in the Web 3 world. We'll cover a different topic each week, discussing three examples of each. Uh, we range from brand experiences and everything that kind of connects to these brand experiences. Uh, so today's topic, Paul, is... Sneakers, we're excited about. Sneakers. And, right. and just before we get into sneakers, let's talk about what we mean by Web3, right? So Web3, we take a super broad definition by Web3, and we mean more of the cultural movement. And when we think about the cultural movement behind Web3, we think about participation, transparency, and ownership. So what we're not talking about here is uh, crypto or gaming specifically, but more uh, how we can make the internet uh, better again and cooler again, and what, what we something we can be really be proud of. Yeah, that's right, Paul. Um, it's, I guess, more accessible for all um, in, in a big way. But I think before we dive into today's segment, uh, we need to give a big thank you to our sponsors. Big thank you to Unsensible Studios, where we are today. Unsensible helps build brands in the health and well-being space. They've just launched a content factory, so check them out. And a great big thank you to Carbon Brews, a Hong Kong craft brewery that is responsible for the beverages that we have today. This brewery is breaking boundaries and bringing excitement to local beer drinkers here in Hong Kong. And they've got their first flagship store on Wyndham Street. So go check them out. Cheers. And so, Stuart, I, I want to ask you a burning question. Uh -huh. uh, what sneakers are you wearing today? Um, I can show you, actually. <laughs> uh, I got my ice cream uh, today, Paul. I'm disappointed. I'm really disappointed. Well, well you're disappointed. These are my, my Stan Smith. Well, I, I, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing my Nikes today. So I think we're going to start with Nike. We can go back to Adidas in a sec. <laughs> All right, you win this one. Okay. <laughs> So when we look at Nike, I think everyone everyone thinks and feels something when they think about Nike, right? They think about uh, you know running over the Golden Gate Bridge. They think about the 2012 Olympics. They think about Kaepernick on one knee. Uh, they think about um, you know lots of great work, and there's lots of emotions behind behind that brand, you know. And I think to a a CFO, they look at it and go, "Wow, it's a brand with a a good margin and and uh, uh, um, some healthy numbers." Um, and, and that's because they've become so much more than a company which provides coverings for your feet so that your feet don't get sore when you walk, right? Right. Well, <laughs> you know, like... they cover a lot more. I think I think about the spirit of Nike, actually, uh, um, this whole spirit of being first, uh, yeah. winning. I think I used this, used this uh, a week ago or two weeks ago in, in, the, in the cast, which is if you're not first, you're last. And yeah. that, to me, that kind of embodies Nike as well. Yeah, and I think that, that that is their Web3, their their insight for their Web3 program is, you know, this brand is really focused around making them more relevant than than just a, a shoe company, right? Um, and, and as a result, you know, they need to move with culture and keep that relevance. So they're, the big challenge if you're in-house in marketing at, at Nike, I think, is maintaining that relevance, right? And, and that means you can't lose in a space like Web3. You need, to, you need to be first and you need to own it and you need to win there, right? Yeah, I well, maintaining relevance is always a tough job, even before Web3 came along, because you kind of had to just keep up with the pace, right? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, with the Web3 pace, that's like breakneck speed these days. Right? Yeah. And I think, you know, why marketers love Nike is because so often we overstate the relevance of our own products and brands and services, <laughs> right? You know, and, and Nike is one of the few that's kind of redefined itself and redefined sneakers, right? Um, or or what, what sneakers are to us, right? Um, so so sh should we dive in and have a look at what they've been doing recently? Yeah, why don't we check it out? 
Cool. So I, I think, you know, if you think about brands and Web3, everyone thinks about Nike and they think about Artifact Labs. And, and a few years ago, they acquired Artifact Labs actually from partly from a, from a company I used to work for. And Artifact Labs is a Paris-based NFT studio doing very cool stuff with uh, visual artists. Um, and they were doing some very hot collaboration on NFT drops well before Nike acquired, acquired them, right? Um, and, and, and Nike partnered with them and allowed them to kind of introduce their brand into key drops. Um, they did their first big drop, which was uh, uh, CryptoKicks. I think that earned them what, 185 million US dollars um, from that drop, uh, which is essentially a pair of virtual sneakers. Right. I think, um, yeah, I remember the, the CryptoKicks drop, I believe. I think at the time as well, that wasn't, that, I think, wasn't that pre-acquisition? I, I thought that was uh, just an experiment as well in the beginning. Yeah. And then there was an ex there was an acquisition after that. Yeah. Uh, the Nike brand became prevalent with the artifact, uh, the, I guess the lab itself, right? Well, I think that that's, that's the way, Nike's played a really, a really interesting way here because they've actually, that through partnership, they get exposure to the Web3 community. They're seen as really, really cool, but they don't have a lot of exposure of that branch. You know, you think about, um, the the, the in-house marketer and the, the key thing they're always going to tell the agency is, can you make the logo bigger, right? <laughs> you know, like, and, and when they see the end of the spot and, and the Nike logo isn't that big in the artifact work, right? It's this, it's this, it's below the fault, right? Um, and, and I think th this is why we saw, you know, back in June, actually, we saw the website drop of, um, I think it, it's uh, swoosh.nike. Uh, um, which right. is a new platform that they just talked about what um, very recently. Um, and they've just released a bunch of Medium articles plus a, a wait list for, for people to sign up. And Swoosh.com is really their, their first foray from partnerships into actually creating their own platform where they can get people to create um, and actually start buying digital goods and, and receiving uh, physical goods all through this Web3 platform, right? Right, right. So this, I mean, this is the, just the latest, right? Um, yeah. I, I feel like Nike's had this sort of larger ecosystem strategy from the get-go, right? I mean, they didn't just sort of dabble. They were like, we're just going to go ahead and acquire this company. Mm, um, yeah. and I, I think it was actually a genius move um, for various different reasons, right? Um, number one is you put yourself on the map with all the, like, like an entire segment of customers that know, probably know about you, but didn't, you know, didn't have access to your gear in the way that they'd like to, right? With this whole um, digital sneaker drop. And then the second thing is, uh, they actually were able to integrate that into their business line, right? Which is, or, or some of their business objectives. Um, imagine now being able to create a huge sampling of sneakers and then getting sentiment behind the designs without even having to manufacture a sample, right? So there's a couple of different things uh, that, that tie both into their brand strategy and their business strategy. And I'd, I'd love to see that next year. Yeah, I like, like imagine just having the NFT drop and then using uh, <laughs> using the number of items sold, the, the size of the acquired collection as a litmus test for what to actually manufacture uh, and, and bring to market in terms of a physical good. And I think that would be brilliant. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think what next year in January, we're going to start to see um, uh, more, more access. Uh, and and I, there is rumor on the internet that we'll see, what, $50 US drops for to buy digital sneakers, um, which is a lot cheaper than crypto kicks, <laughs> kicks yeah. right? Um, you know, we'll also, I, I, I think, um, uh, you know, th that partnership model has been super interesting. But um, yeah, as you said, at a point, it's that's the test and learn, right? And and. And and now we're we're going to see them them integrate that that more more across their business lines, right? Um, to some of the things you talked about, I I, I do wonder whether we'll, um, you know, how will 
you know, we look at the money that Nike's raised in in Web three so far, and the one hundred eighty four million dollars acquisitions, right? These all sound like really big numbers, but when you look at Nike's actual sales, it's tiny, right? And so, is is this still a space where they're showing up as cool? How is this going to perforate through the rest of their 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 work, right? Uh, Web three is still a very very small subset of of you know what what marketers and brands are doing in this space today, right? But you know. <laughs> While it is a small percentage, that's not to understate the cost of investment. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, those, like you said, those numbers are not uh, not small. Yeah, I think I think that that's really said. You know, what we the insight here is that Nike needs to win in the space no matter what. Right. Um, you know, should should we move on and talk about another brand that that also, I'd say, I'm not sure if they have the same insight as Nike. They're they're they're, they're a different brand, right? Do you want to tell us a bit more about Adidas? Yeah. Yeah. So my beloved Adidas, I've been an yeah. Adidas fan for. <laughs> For quite a while, so um, you know, digging into this earlier, um, I was trying to trying to figure out um, what was the connection between the old school Adidas and I guess the new school Web three Adidas. Um, and so I think that this whole sentiment of uh, it's coming from the originals, uh, sort of arm from Adidas, right? So they're trying to reposition originals from being like I guess my brand to being some younger kids' brand. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, uh, to bring this uh, bring this. To, to bring this new era of originality about, um, they kind of have to feel, they have to move at the speed of culture, right? That's the way they feel like they have to. Um, and they're not taking the same approach as Nike, uh, but they are taking um, uh, an approach that's sort of true to the Adidas heart, right? So if you kind of um, look at the things that they've done uh, in the past, right? They're, they're kind of embracing this, uh, they still act with rebelliousness um, and Andrea Nieto, uh, one of the senior designer futures at Adidas, did say this um, in her quote. She said, we always seek to be community first, born from culture, and to do what originals do. That is what led us to G-Money, Pixel Vault, and Board Apes Yacht Club. You can't say that you're doing stuff with the community if you just partner up with one person. So it had to be more than one, which makes this a lot more beautiful, but also a lot more complex, right? Mm. So... I think that's sort of the spirit of where they're taking it. Um, Adidas has always been this uh, true collaborator of sorts. If you yeah. look at everything that they've done, like like my first memory of Adidas um, is uh, Adidas and like Run DMC, right? Um, and then they've also got what Yamamoto, they've got ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I love this. We don't really yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? I, I, I love this because, you know, we look at the... Uh, the swoosh web from Nike, and you're you're waitlisted, and they're going to look at a bunch of different factors, including which which is great because we need more balance in Web three. We need more diversity. Those are where that's where creative and create create uh, creation can come from, right? Diverse perspectives. And I think, um, but what they're doing here is it's still quite guarded and gated, right? Um, um, and and you know, there's been this discussion in Web three where the you know a lot of a lot of hype around Web three projects start where you kind of you know, it's only really influences in the niche group of people that really ever know what's going on, right? Um, and actually, the principles of Web3 and, and the, the why people are, are disenfranchised with the internet is because they want a more open and transparent internet. So so I, I actually like the, the... The thing I like about the Adidas approach here is it's partnership-driven, and that's really in the spirit of the culture behind Web3, which is, you know, people want to people want transparency they want to participate right um you know they're, they're gone are the days of this kind of closed door environment where brands used to be able to tell people what to think right and, and that's very much a promise of web 2 but we never quite got there right and i think i think we're seeing the second coming in web 3 right yeah yeah i, mean, I couldn't agree more i think i think the spirit of web 3 is totally this whole collaborative part right? let's i mean if you look at the collaborations that, that uh, adidas has done 
um, since December 2021, um, they launched their own concept into the metaverse, right? Um, $23.4 million in one afternoon after the collaboration with, with Basie, right? Yeah, wow. Um, and then- And, and, and Basie for everyone is uh, one of the hottest NFT projects, uh, Board APL Club. Sorry, <laughs> I should try to remember for, for, for non, our audience. For right? Non-native people. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But then, but then they followed that up in uh, January, 2022 with, uh, with a partnership, a collaboration with Prada, right? Yeah. So it's not just Web3 um, companies that they're partnering with, but rather companies that are, um, that they feel like share the same ethos, uh, but are also willing to experiment, willing to dabble, right? And then just last week, um, they said, they, they said phase, phase three, right? Mm. Um, which is they're um, essentially dropping the capsule collection uh, and you can open up these mystery boxes and get access to whatever's inside. Yeah, that, that, that's fascinating. I, this, this partnership model, especially for Web3, yeah, I can see a lot of steam coming in a few years time, particularly with this kind of cookie-less future, um, you know, the 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 rise of, of, of uh, Web3 platforms, you know, the, we're seeing a lot of partnerships in, in traditional media, we're seeing a lot of brands, you know, moving away from, from uh, their traditional media plans, treating those as hygiene and looking for areas to grow in partnerships and first party data providers, right? Um, and I think that, that um, you know, th th this is, th I could see this getting a lot of steam in a few years time. Yeah, I, I think it's getting steam now, right? They, um, the maybe, but the, I mean, from uh, not just Adidas, but the other brands. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Right, like, but, but, but just like from the into the metaverse kind of um, direction and the ecosystem yeah. we're trying to build, they actually um, are activating the whole Web3 fan gating tool already, right? Um, they're, I think, in Miami, or, or there there's a Miami event going on where there's various different events that are happening, and then. Mm only the communities that they've collaborated with, along with their original um, creation, uh, created collection, um, those things serve as your NFT ticket to access to some of these events, and it's all live in Miami. But that's cool, and I, I, like, the, I like the offline, online thing. And I think, because when I saw last week's drop, I go, wow, some of this gear is super cool. I wish, I wish they actually made that like stuff, this, right? I think the, that, that was where I was going with it too. Yeah, like yeah. The online offline stuff is so good for events um, and it's so good to, to use and leverage blockchain technology essentially to, to gate it for, for people. Um, when are they gonna go fidgetal? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think even for like, you know, like one of the things that gets passed around the Web3 community, I don't know if you've seen this video, the video of a guy taking a shower in the metaverse. <laughs> I have not seen this video. I think we're going show the video. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but I think even for people who are Web3 native, right, like, you know, we still want the physical stuff too, right? The utopia, with the Web3 utopia is not everything moving online to a digital world, right? It's the enhancement and, and enhancement of what it is of, of human experiences, right? Um, right, uh, and adding another layer to it. It's not taking away anything, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not, I mean, Ready Player, Ready Player Me, Ready Player One, yeah. um, but I actually think about like Demolition Man, <laughs> I've not seen that. I don't know if you've if you've seen it, but it's also this Wesley Snipes like kicking ass kind of virtual uh, technology has taken over the world. Uh, oh, cool! Yeah. Be the future. Okay, uh, these, My, I, I, I'm always back to the future, man. You know, because that, that's 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 uh, <laughs> utopian, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, we, we should we should move on. <laughs> so I think the third brand we were going to talk about. Um, I am wearing the same brand on both shoes, or both feet today. So that, that's good. You managed, to, you managed to get up, put, put the same pair of shoes on. I don't good. have a shoe to show for this. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, yeah. Well, so no one, no one in the studio here, unfortunately, has a pair of Lacoste. But but I do want to talk about Lacoste because um, you know, Stu and I, right before we, we started we started recording, we were like, 
this isn't really a shoe company. And we're like, yeah, it's not really a shoe company. But we, we wanted to talk about them today. We've both done a bit of reading on them and, and, a, bit, and a bit of thinking about this brand. Um, you know, they are big in sneakers, right? But Lacoste is, is also really well known for the polo, right? Um, you know, I, I, I think of this brand and I, I love this brand because, um, you know, I think I first fell in love with this brand in, in 2010, so 2010s when they first came out with those beautiful TVCs, you know, in 2014 when they when they had that um, BETC, the, the, the French agency put out some beautiful spots, they did Timeless after that. Um, there's some groundbreaking years that so work a few years ago with kind of walls demolitioning. It was kind of Edith Piaf love story. Um, you know, and I think you know, for, for, for me, Lacoste, you know, people think 1933, they think Rene Lacoste, they think tennis players, yep. they think polo shirt. But but they also think from, especially the people market, it's like us, I, I think we go, well, they took 80 years to do their first TVC, <laughs> right? Well, you know, it wasn't until 2014 when they did their first TVC. So when they get into something, they do it right, right? This is true. I mean, I, I do think about that. Um, when I think of Lacoste anyway, I think about shoes that are too narrow for my feet. And, yeah, uh, mine too, maybe this is why we don't wear them today. <laughs> right? I've, got, I've got fat feet. <laughs> right, I've just flat, like if there was a bigger than double E size for, for, for me, for Lacoste, maybe maybe it would fit, but. Well, but maybe fit. maybe that's the insight here around, uh, to take, take that, not about your feet, but, but also. <laughs> Stop talking about my feet. <laughs> but, but, about, <laughs> but, but refined, right? Cause I, I, I think. Um, right, that's where I was going with it. Yeah. Elegant, a little bit more elegant, a little more prestigious upscale. Um, and yes, a little bit more refined, which yeah. probably plays into this whole approach. Um, you mentioned, uh, as we were talking about this before, the, the, the thing that stuck out was avant-garde, right? Yeah, that their chief brand officer, you know, and, and you, usually when you get a new, new marketing launch, you get a long press release and this, this waffly quote, but there's one word on it, which is really different from everybody else. And it says the word avant-garde. And, and when we think about avant-garde, we think about art experiments, right? Why well, I, I do anyway, right? Um, and, and I think that's what Lacoste is doing here. Um, you know, one of the challenges for them is that they're a, a, a premium brand, right? So you, you don't necessarily want your brand uh, and even, even you, you want a bit more control over your brand, more curation, right? So I think their 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 project here that they've launched, um, which we'll take a look at now, um, UND W three, which is pronounced underwater. Underwear. Underwater. Under, <laughs> underwater. I'll underwater. take your word for it. Underwater. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and I think one of the the elements because they're a premium brand, they use this crocodile motif as an area where they can play more, right? Because of the cost, which is part of that, is, is that they want to keep that. That's 1933. You know, I, I don't want something that when I think about, you know, the value in that brand is because it's a bit timeless. I think that their new um, their new campaign this year talks all about how they're what ageless, right? Ageless style. Right. You know, you don't want something to moving so quickly. So I, I, I think the project, what they've done here is they've created a platform. They've gone their own way. They've not gone the Nike way of partnerships. Sorry, of, of you know, acquiring somebody or the Adidas way of partnerships. Really, they've created their own platform here. Um, and, and it seems to me like an, an, an avant-garde art experiment around the crocodile at this point. Yeah. Um, um, the crocodile thing is it, it triggers something within me because I, I kind of remember and with this brand, um, I guess on the non-Web3 side, something that stands out with me is a campaign that they ran uh, for endangered animals. Um, so they ran a, an endangered animals campaign where they created a limited edition set of polos. And then the croc, they changed the animal to the animal that was endangered. And then they only made that number of polos available. Like That's there's a cool. hundred tigers in the world and they put the tiger on it and you could, there's only a hundred units that they created. And that's like 
that speaks to like the level of creativity, um, the level of, I guess, elegance, um, and and that whole full funnel the thought process, right? Yeah. That they have um, behind their brand and what they can do as a brand. Yeah. And then they turned around and they did something like uh, Minecraft collaboration, yeah, <laughs> which was felt like completely off to me. So it was yeah, pixel art, and then I could get it. Well, I, I think for sneakers. I mean, I think the execution was fine, but I felt like it just felt awkward. Yeah, and I, I think you know the the, the the Minecraft thing was in March, and I, I hope that what we see now with you know their launch in June around this platform, I think we'll see more premium. You know, I mean, maybe on Cyber, which is a more premium art gallery, virtual art gallery space where people show stuff. Um, I, I also think your point around where you know they've played with the crocodile before, right? And many premium brands. Um, you know, having been in house myself and all agency side, people will go, well, there isn't really a lot of room for us to play with our brand, right? Because, you know, we, we've got Tiffany's in the last episode, right? It had never really changed the blue True. until recently, right? Um, mm -hmm. Having the crocodile and ability to change with that gives a premium brand and ability to, to, to play elsewhere, right? Which is really what they're doing here. Um, I think but, playing is important to, mm -hmm. to kind of highlight there, right? Because that's kind of what they're doing yeah. um, now with the whole underwear, uh, underwater, <laughs> the new, the underwater collection, right? Um, they have announced that there will be some sort of self-built, self-contained ecosystem yeah. that they're creating. Um, and they're saying the only way to access that is to grab an underwater uh, Genesis, PFP yeah. Genesis um, NFT, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping that um, as they evolve their Web3 strategy, we're going to see uh, something that matches the cost a little bit better in terms of their brand, the avant-gardeness, right? yeah. their ethos uh, moving forward. I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah, me, me, me too. And I, I think we might see more curation, right, rather than purely community-driven. I, I think we'll see curation from that brand. I think we'll see commissioning of great work, really uh, high art digital work. Um, which will be really interesting. I would love to see being a brand from from 1933 with so much heritage and ageless and timeless. This, this is all the words that are associated with their, their latest brand marketing, right? Well, over the last few years, um, I, I, I would love to see them take some of the historical assets and their brand narrative and story and actually put that in a Web3, you know, in an environment on, the, on, on, on blockchain, make it immutable, right? Uh, where people can really see that history, right? I, I, I think there's there's um, something they could, they could do there for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think they would want to do it uh, in a little bit of a different way than stuff like that has been done though, right? Um, yeah. We've seen the SEMP stuff with Artifact and there's like this this historic, historic like art, art piece um, that's just this, you know, part of heritage now. Um, I think I think for Lacoste that might be a little boring. Um, I'd love to see them uh, play a little bit more. Yeah, well, what, we think about that those TVCs, right? We think about you know uh, um, a single shot, someone running through a journey of carriages. Uh, have you seen this in the spot I'm talking about? It's it's one shot, and it's an uh, it's um, a couple that are chasing each other through a carriage, and through the carriages, the carriages change, the people around them change, and their clothes change over the decades of the last century. Okay, can we play that video? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll check it out it's definitely beautiful. after. I think I've probably seen it, but it may have been may have been a while since I've uh, yeah. since I've seen that one. Should, should we should we sum up? Uh, uh, yeah, so we, we, yeah, we've got um, so three ways to play. Three ways to play. Three different brands. Um, why don't you take Nike first? So Nike, I think Nike really squarely fits in the acquisition piece, right? The the, the way they've played here is they've acquired another uh, NFT player doing very cool stuff. 
um, and with a community already um, that's doing very reputable stuff, has a strong community, and they've tested and learned in that environment before going in deeper and launching their own thing, which we should see more of in January. Right. And then we have Adidas, right? Um, Adidas going the partnership route where um, they have their own community, but they've opted to collaborate with creators and tap into the strength of those communities and create something that's, um, I'd say, unique, but still branded Adidas, as well as paying tribute to the original creator. Uh, and we're going to see them um, probably amp that up over the next year, next two. They're going to continue to collaborate, and they're going to enhance this feeling of creation, community, and belongingness, right? Yeah, and, and, and then we've got Lacoste, which is really, they've decided to do, to do, to do their own thing. They've realized that they can't, Lacoste is such a strong brand that they, that they need to chart their own way with it, right? Um, and we kind of talked about, we've been talking about this kind of, that they're doing a walk, right? They're, 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 um, they, they know the, the, the learnings from, from, from uh, Web2 marketing. Um, they're, they're, not doing, they're not doing experiments where they're just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it'll stick. They're, they're taking a sophisticated approach here. Um, and they're really thinking about the brand, who they're reaching, and how they go after it. Um, so yeah, th three different ways to play. Cool. So whichever way any brand decides to choose, it seems like the general consensus is you have to be ready to dive in, um, get your hands dirty a little bit, uh, and enjoy the process while playing. 100%. I'm going to put my, my shoes on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. Um, if you like this segment, please uh, smash the like button um, below and or follow whatever platform it is that you're following us from and subscribe. And hopefully we'll see you at the next one. See you guys again soon.